Um, let's all stand for the reading of the word of the Lord. We're going to go to 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3. If you're there, say amen. If you're there on the big screen, say amen. Amen. There it came. It says, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious, or it was rare. That's what that means. It was rare in those days. There was no open vision. It says, And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place, and his eyes began to wax dim. He was getting tired, falling asleep, that he could not see. It says, In the air of the lamp, God went out in the temple of the Lord and where the ark of God was and Samuel was laid down to sleep. That the Lord called Samuel and he answered, here am I. When God, when the voice of God came forth and he heard it, he simply said, here am I. What does that mean? It means he was positioning himself to say, God, whatever you say, here I am. I'm a willing vessel. Whatever you say, I trust you. Here am I for you to use however you would like. That's where I want us to get as a church. God, here am I. What do you want to do? Speak to me, Lord, because I want to be used by you. Everyone in this room, that should be your heartbeat. God, I want to be used by you. I don't want to go from, I don't want to go from salvation. I don't want to go from being baptized in his name to receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost and then just say, I'm, I'm just a chair warmer at church. No, God, here am I. What can I do for the kingdom? Kingdom minded. I want to hear your voice today. For a few moments, I want to speak simply on that. Hearing the voice of God. Hearing the voice of God. Can you lay your Bibles down? Let's lift our hands and let's ask the Lord today. God, if you would, open my ears, my mind, my heart to hear what it is that you have to say today, Jesus. God, I must hear from you today. God, I need to hear from you this week, God, as we prepare to step out, Lord. Uh, God, in this campaign, stepping down in faith, Lord, uh, as the leaders did last night. God, I pray that everyone in this room, uh, God, steps out as they position themselves to hear from you. Uh, God, and whatever it is you have to say, Lord. Uh, God, I trust you. God, it might not make sense, Lord. Uh, God, but I trust you, Lord. Uh, God, I pray, oh God, if you would prepare us today, God. Speak to us today through your word. We give you glory and honor for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Understand that God is not the strong, silent type. He is all-powerful. Mighty is he. There's nobody like him. Yet, he is not silent. But thankfully, he is a speaking God. Anybody ever heard the voice of God speaking to your life? I'm not talking about an audible voice, but you know what I'm talking about. You know about when you go pray for, you're praying for something and you, you just feel it. The Lord just, just impresses upon you and you know it's from him. There's different ways he's gonna talk to you. Sometimes there's people that will walk up to you and speak something into your life. I just had somebody last week that when Brother Mitchell was here and he went to go pray for somebody, he spoke something over their life that no one else in the room knew him. Nobody else knew, but God used him because he said, here am I, use me, God. 
And God told him, go speak this to this individual. And he went and spoke it to them. God was speaking through the man of God into their life and confirming something that they needed to hear. That's our God. He's a speaking God. Job 33, 14 says, For God speaketh once, yea, twice, yet men perceive that God is speaking. The Bible teaches and God speaks in several ways and he speaks through a, a, a general revelation or nature and we can see here in Psalms 19 and 1 it says, And the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. God is a speaking God. He, he is speaking even through creation. You ever stopped and just look out through nature, especially down here in, in this part of the country? You can look around. I have everybody telling me, oh man, you, you all live in such a beautiful place, especially this time of year. And there's something powerful about just stopping and looking around to see what God created. Understand that, that the, the earth is praising him. The Bible tells us that if you're not gonna cry out, the rocks will cry out. I believe that the roar of the ocean is giving praise unto the Lord, the creator of all things. I believe that when the moon and the stars come out at night, he is saying, I am real. Just look, take a moment and look around. It'll blow your mind when you really start seeing the stars and how many are there. That He is saying, I am real and I am a God of order. I am the God of the universe. I created all of this. I am a God whose mercies are new every morning. Romans 1 and 20 says, for the invisible things of him from creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. God also speaks in the conscience of men and women. You can educate your conscience. You can sear your conscience with a hot iron. Paul even said, I trust I had a good conscience towards God and men. But the Bible says in Romans 2 that God speaks to the heart of people and their conscience bearing them witness, either condemning them or accusing or excusing them. God speaks in the conscience of man. God speaks through several and special revelation. He speaks through his word. I've said a lot of times, a lot of people say, I just need a word from the Lord. Well, have you opened the word of the Lord? A lot of times we want a word. So many times I want a word, I want a word. Well, open up the word because there's a whole lot of words that will speak to you right here if you simply open it up. 2 Peter 1 and 19 says, says, We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day it dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. The Spirit speaks expressly to us. 1 Timothy 4 and 1 says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly. That in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. The spirit of God will speak to you if you are in tune with the spirit. You see, Adam and Eve heard and they knew the voice of God. Genesis 3 and 8 tells us that they heard the voice of the Lord, God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. It was a familiar voice to them. 
Abraham. He said to Abraham, come out, I will make you a great nation. In Genesis 12 and 1, now the Lord said unto Abraham, get thee out of the country from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee and I will make thee a great nation and I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him and Lot went with him and Abram was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. The Lord spoke to him directly. Moses heard God's voice out of a burning bush. Now that one I think would get your attention. But is it amazing, just to point this out real quick, that the same voice that had to go through a burning bush to get his attention is the same voice that you can hear on a Monday morning when you just kneel down and pray. He said, I need direction in my life. So did Moses. For some reason, it took a burning bush to get his attention. But we have that same voice, that same word right here. Joshua obeyed the voice of God to be strong and of good courage. And David heard the voice of God and helped build a temple. David just simply hearing. And he said, okay, Lord, I'll do it. And he helped build the temple. Daniel heard the voice of God and he continued praying three times a day, even though he knew what was coming. Paul heard the voice of God through a vision and said, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Barnabas heard the voice of God and having land, he sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. God speaks to his people. And if we are wise, we listen to what he is saying and we recognize and we respond or obey to the voice of God when it speaks in our lives. Acts 4, 36 and 37, it says, And Joseph, the, the, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite in the country of Cyprus, having a land, he sold it and brought the money and laid at the apostles' feet. He was obedient, even though it wasn't, I would say, in the flesh an easy thing to do. I can tell you, I'm sure that there are those in this room that last night when you were writing those numbers down in your flesh, it was not an easy thing to do, but you knew and you had confidence that God had spoken to you so you were operating in faith and obedience unto God. We must operate in obedience. Let's look at Samuel. Going back here to 1 Samuel 3. Samuel and the voice of God. Samuel was miraculously born to a woman named Hannah and her husband. And it says, in gratitude, Hannah vowed to give Samuel back to the Lord as long as he lived. Kind of like how we baby dedications and we give that child back unto the Lord and we say, Lord, we, we trust you with them more than I trust myself with them. I trust that you have a plan for them that is much better than any plan I could come up with, Lord. So we place them in your hands. Do what you want to do with my child. And because of that, God blessed Hannah in return five times over with children. In 1 Samuel 2, 21, it says, And the Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived and bare three sons and two daughters. And the child Samuel grew before the Lord. Understand that Samuel lived in a time when the light of God's favor and blessings were growing dim. 
And hearing a word from the Lord was very rare in that time. There was no open vision because there were few open hearts. I'll say that again. There was very few open vision from the Lord because there was very few open hearts unto what he had to say or show. And we find Eli, that the, the leading priest, and Eli it w- was, was someone who was revered and was looked to and, and had a relationship with God very strong at one point. And the leading priest, and he had his sons, and, and, and his sons that we have here are, are Hophni and Phinehas, and uh, they took advantage, uh, Hophni and Phinehas took advantage of the, the women who came to worship in the temple, and Eli allowed this to take place. These young men, they they resented or they despised the portion that the Lord had provided and took more than their fair share of the sacrifices that came in. You see, in the sentence of God's judgment was hovering like a dark cloud over the house of Eli. And in his old age, Eli lost his physical vision. His eyes grew dim. They began to fade In that moment, and more tragically, Eli not only lost his physical vision, but as Eli went on and strayed from the Lord, he lost his spiritual vision. I could live without my physical vision, but it would be hard to live without spiritual vision. But living with Eli in the same house, the house of God, was this young man that we've talked about already named Samuel who was growing up and growing in God. Samuel may have been about 12 years old when this story was unfolding and according to Jewish historian that we see here that Samuel ministered to the Lord under the leadership of a man who had lost his spiritual way. This was a time of spiritual decline. This was a time of spiritual decline and sin with the man of God in in the temple. In spite of Israel's complacency, Eli's coldness, the backsliding of Hophni and Phinehas, his sons, Samuel somehow found a way to connect with God and to recognize his voice in the midst of it all. One night, in the story that we opened up with, one night as the lights were going out, Samuel was drifting off to sleep and the Lord spoke to him and, and the Lord in an audible voice called out to him and said, Samuel. And we, we see this in verse four, the Lord was talking and he says, Samuel. And he answered, here am I. And it was a voice that Samuel had never heard. He didn't recognize it. So he assumed that it had to be, there's only two of us in the temple and Eli's the other one and Samuel's there with him so he just assumes it's, it's gotta be the voice of Eli and when Samuel heard the call, he threw back the covers and his feet hit the floor and he ran into Eli's room. And we see here in verse five, it says that he ran, he said, here am I, for thou callest me and he said, I, 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 I called not. Eli said, I, I didn't call you. Go lie down again. And he went and he laid back down. Eli thought that Samuel was imagining things and dismissed it and simply sent Samuel back to his room to go back to bed. And Samuel, he goes back to bed and and he goes back to bed and and he's preparing himself to go back to sleep. And Samuel kind of, he's he's like, I I don't know. I I know I heard something. Anybody ever been there? You know you heard something. You think, what was that? I, I thought for sure I heard something. 
And about the time that he was settled down and ready to go back to sleep, the same voice came again. And it says, the, the Lord came again and said, Samuel, Samuel. And he said, here am I, that thou just call me. And he, he runs to Eli, here, here I am. What, what do you need, Eli? What can I do for you? Is there anything that you need? Here I am. And, and Eli looks at him again and says, Samuel, I, I, did, not, I did not call you. Go back and, and, and go to sleep. So the Bible gives us a little insight as to why Samuel responded the way he did in verse 7. Verse 7 says, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. So here's a young man who doesn't even know the voice of God. He didn't recognize it. So that's why he's, he says, well, there's only two of us in the, in the building. <laughs> so there, there's got to be a good chance. It's got to be Eli. So that's why he keeps running to Eli. And at this point, when the third call comes forth, I'm guessing that Eli was probably not so amused with Samuel at this point. I don't know about you, if you have kids and you're trying to get a good night's rest, have you ever had them come and Yes, I'm thirsty. It's this little thing called a sink. It's got water. Go get a drink. You know what I'm talking about? The first time and then you just doze back off and they come back, hey, 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 um, I need to go to the restroom. It's right there. It's this new thing called a bathroom. We just installed it. Toilet, it's amazing. Go use it. So I'm, I'm guessing that at some point, Eli's probably like, really? Seriously? Boy, go to bed. Quit waking me up. Go get back in bed. And we see in verse eight, and the Lord called Samuel again a third time. And he arose and he went to Eli and said, here am I, thou did call me? And Eli finally, after three times, perceived that the Lord had called the child. It took him three times to say someone's saying something to this boy and it's not me and there's only two of us in here. So it's gotta be the Lord. And in verse 9, therefore, Eli said unto Samuel, go lie down, and it shall be. If he call thee, thou shalt say, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. And in Eli's state, he knew that God speaks and that he was calling to Samuel. So he told him, so go, go lay down and prepare yourself. Now that the man of God, who, who was not in the right place himself, now that he, he finally realizes what's taking place, he says, boy, go prepare yourself for the voice of God to come and speak into your life. And the Lord came a fourth time and stood and, and, and came and stood and called as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered what the man of God told him to do. Speak for thy servant heareth thee. 
The Lord told things to that young man that would come to pass in Israel. And today, I hope to share some scriptural insight to help everyone in this room to hear and recognize the voice of God. Because maybe you say, Pastor, I'm not sure if I've ever heard it. I'm not sure. Then I give you today why we're doing what we're doing, why we're going to fast, why we're going to turn off the media and the voice of the world this week, and why we're going to turn off the flesh this week so you can hear the voice of God. And when God speaks to you, you will recognize, oh, that's what he sounds like. And hearing his voice, I want, you to, I want to urge you to obey the voice of God when he speaks to you. Because Samuel thought that God's voice was Eli's voice, that he had not learned or discerned the voice of God yet. We have to understand that there are many voices calling out to us today that are not the voice of God. There are many voices actually calling you by name that are not the voice of God. The voice of success maybe might be calling your name or popularity may be calling your name or temptation may be calling your name. The voice of rebellion may be calling your name. Maybe the voice of compromise or complacency is calling your name. There are many deceptive voices wanting to speak into your life, but it is vital in this hour that you learn to recognize the voice of God as Samuel did so when he calls, you can shut everything else out because you say, I have to hear the voice of God in this hour. I cannot lean on another voice. I cannot lean on the voice of the media. I cannot lean on the voice of the government. I cannot lean on man's voice. I must hear the the voice of God in my life. We have to get to the place that when we hear the voice as Samuel did, that we just simply respond, speak for your servant is listening. We must position ourselves as servants in the kingdom of God so we can say, speak Lord for your servant is listening. What do you have to say to me? Here's the reality this morning. The God of the universe, the God that created all things, longs to speak to you. He longs to. It may be during this church service today. It might be in a quiet room at your house. But when Jesus calls out to you, make yourself available unto him. Because the most important voice that you can learn to recognize is the voice of God. You see, there are some hindrances to hearing the voice of God. There are things that's resisting God's voice in our life. The Bible tells us if you have ears to hear, hear. Listen. Listen to what he's saying. Zechariah 7 and 11 says that, but, thy, but they refused to hearken and pulled away the shoulder and stopped their ears that they should not hear. Acts 7.57 says that they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord. But God is crying out today, just as the scripture reads in seven, of Revelation 7.57, it says this, Behold, this is what God is saying to the church today, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and I will sup with him and he with me. God longs to be a part of who you are. God longs to speak into your heart. God longs to speak into your spirit. God is longing for you to hear his voice and he wants to hear yours too. 
we must recognize the voice of God. When I was a youth pastor, one of the greatest things, I will never forget this, actually just ran into this young girl not long ago. And she came up to me and she's my, my cousin as well. And she said, I'll never forget out of everything you preached in that youth class, out of all the great services we had, she said, there is one that's etched in my mind that I will never forget. And in that large gymnasium that we had at that church, I put a blindfold on Michaela and I sent her to the opposite side. I took our youth group that was probably about 40 some young kids at the time and I spread them out all over the, the gymnasium and I said, okay, Michaela, you've got one assignment. She said, what is that? I said, your assignment is just to simply listen to my voice and just follow my voice and come to me. And she said, that's all I've got to do? I said, yes, that's all you've got to do. And she's like, well, that's gonna be easy. I said, okay, to the rest of you 40-some young people, here's your job. Spread out, and I want you to make as much noise as you can. I want you to scream. I want you just to pound on the floor. I want you just to talk as much as you can, which it wasn't hard for those teenagers. Love y'all, but you are a little loud sometimes. We know on Wednesday nights, we hear everything you guys do downstairs. We could just have church and worship with you guys. It's, but we love it because what you're doing. But as they started making noise, I stood in one place and I just kept saying, Michaela, come to me. Michaela, come to me. Michaela, I'm over here. Michaela, I'm right here. And I didn't move. I stayed right there. Michaela, and I watched her as she was walking through that crowd. She could not see a thing and she was trying to make her way around. And the voices were right up in her ear trying to, trying to scream and trying to throw her off and trying to distract her. And it took her a little bit of time, but she finally made her way over and I took the blindfold off. She said, that has changed my life forever. She said, that's etched in my mind because there was one voice that she had to listen to, even though there was many trying to distract her and get her off course because she was willing to listen to one voice, one voice that she recognized that was louder than the other voices. It began to drown out the other voices because she was focused. We've got to focus on the voice of God in our life and say, God, what is it that you want from me in the midst of all the chaos and the craziness? I've got to focus in on what God is saying because he's speaking to you right now. He's speaking to you right now. There are going to come times where it's going to try to be a distraction. There's going to be times where the voice of God is there and there's going to be noise all around. But you've got to, you have to. I can't do it for you. You have to. Every individual has to say, what do I need to do to, to amplify the voice of God in my life? Do I need to go on a fast? But pastor hasn't called us on a fast. Doesn't matter. Go on a fast yourself. Put yourself on a fast. Pastor didn't call prayer. Doesn't matter. You got a key. Come to the church and pray if you want to pray by yourself. Come and pray. Because you have to hear the voice of God for yourself. It can't always just come from this pulpit. We have to have it for ourselves. We have to hear it. You have to hear it. It's a familiar voice. If Michaela didn't know me, it might have got drowned out in the crowd. But the fact that I was her youth pastor, the fact that she knew me, she'd known me all of her life, she knew that voice. So it was a lot easier just to get locked in and make her way to where I was at. 
there's competition for your ears. There, there are those who are constantly trying music, media. Satan wants your life, you understand that? There's a competition, there's a battle going on for, for your ear. Because mm-hmm. whoever has your ear has your soul. Whoever you're listening to, that's who you will follow. So be careful who you listen to. Having the wrong concept about who God speaks to. There are some that say, well, doesn't God only speak to preachers? No. Well, God only speaks to elders in the church, right? No. Well, does God only speak to people in ministry? Well, I'm not a leader, pastor. The, 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 God spoke clearly to the leaders because they're leaders in the church and, and, and they, they serve in the church, so he's gonna speak to them, but I, I just don't know if God's gonna speak to me. There's no rank. <laughs> That's not how God looks at it. God is simply saying, I will look for anyone who longs to hear my voice. You wonder why, why would God want to talk to me? Because he loves you. Open your Bible. God spoke to people in a wide variety of ages, vocations, social status, for many purposes throughout the Bible. He used mighty men, he used kings, and he also used harlots. Bible. He said, I'll use the prostitute. And not only will I use her, I'll redeem her and I'll put her in my bloodline. So you can't say, well, God won't speak to me. Oh, yes, he will. Yes, he will. God is speaking to you. God wants to speak. He has so much to say to us. And now is the time, now more than ever, now is the time, not just because of what's going on in the world. There's a lot going on in the world. We're closer to the return of the Lord than we've ever been. But that's not the reason. I just have to hear his voice. Those things are gonna happen. The trumpet's gonna sound whether we like it or not. I can't tell you when it's gonna happen because no man knows the day or the hour. I can't tell you that. If somebody tells you they know when it's coming, I would shut your ear off to that voice quickly. Yeah. That's why I had a preacher friend the other day text me. He said, he said a, a man showed up at their church and said that the, he was reading his Bible and at the bottom of his Bible on the page, he said, extra text was added. I watched it and it said, I'm returning in 2025. He said, I need you to go share, share that with everybody. He said, yeah, I'll get right on that. I said, 2025? He said, yes. Man. Should we continue in the promise campaign? Obviously, I was joking. And we kind of got to laugh at all that because no man knows the day or the hour. You just simply got to make sure you hear his voice so you can get yourself ready. Right? The voice of God sounds a lot like the voice of spiritual leaders. This is biblical. 1 Corinthians 1 and 21 says, For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. 
It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. You say, it is kind of foolish sometimes. Oh, yes, trust me, I feel kind of foolish sometimes. I've done some crazy things. I've pulled some of you in on those crazy things while I'm preaching. You say, Pastor, you yell, you spit, you scream, and you just, you're so passionate. And yes, why? Because I understand the weight of every sermon. Because I understand heaven's real, and so is hell. And you've got to get ready. And I've got to preach truth to you. And if i got to look foolish doing that, I'll look foolish doing that. Because it says it's pleasing unto God, the foolishness of preaching. <laughs> to save them that believe. So God will speak to you through spiritual leaders. Preaching, teaching, counseling are all the ways that the Lord will speak to you. The voice of God sounds a lot like the voice even of parents. It says Ephesians 6 and 1, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for it for this is right. I thought I'd get a big amen from all the parents out there on that one. Children, it's biblical to obey your parents. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it will be well with thee that thou mayest live long on earth. So whether your parents are here, whether they're church or not. He will use them to guide you in your life. The voice of God can speak in, in deep impressions of the Holy Ghost that we see in First, uh, First Corinthians 2 and 12. It says, now we have received not that the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know that the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual God speaks through visions and dreams. Oh, yes, he does. Sometimes a dream is not just a dream. God can speak to you in a dream. God can speak to you in a vision. There are things that God has shown me, and I know there are those that operate in that, and, and I will tell you that I'm not one that operates in that a lot, but there have been certain times that God has done that, and when he does, I know for a fact that it is him and I listen and I take it very serious because God is speaking. God speaks through the multitude of counsel. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. The voice of God is most clearly spoken through the Bible, though. It's his word. 2 Peter 1.19 says, We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed, take heed to what it's saying, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but the holy men of God spake as they were moved on by the Holy Ghost. The Bible is the inspired word of God. It is the clearest expression of the will of God for your life. The Bible is not, hear me now, the Bible is not a book of rules. 
It is a roadmap for your life. There are many that look at this as a book of rules and because of that, they no longer sit in this church or church period. They walk away from it. But when you understand that this right here is a safety net. <laughs> this, is my, this, this right here is my map. I have to have this in my life. Have to have it. Psalms 19, 119, it, it, it reads that, you know, it's the long chapter to see how God's word guides your life. And I challenge you, read it this week, Psalms 119. You say, okay, pastor, I understand God is talking, but what is the voice of God saying? Well, the voice of God is calling you first to salvation. He is sending forth the call of those for whom he died for. And that's everyone in this room. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He is knocking on your heart's door and simply asking, can I come in? Can I come in? The voice of God is calling us to sanctification. He's calling us to be set apart, to set apart from the world and the things of the world. And his ultimate will is that we would be conformed to the image of who he is. 2 Thessalonians 2.13 says, But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of truth. That's why the Bible tells us in 1 Peter 1.16, Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. God's saying, Be holy, for I am holy. He is calling his children to walk this way. The voice of God is calling you to service, reasonable service. Romans 12 and 1 says, Beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service unto him. It's the least we can do unto him. We must equip ourselves for the call that God has on our life. The call to sacrifice. There is a call upon us for sacrifice. His call can be general or specific, but there is a call on your life for sacrifice. Discipleship is the call to take up your cross and follow Jesus. Take up your cross. I heard it said yesterday so profound, so powerfully, from Bishop, uh, uh, Bishop Bernard, he, he preached at the North American Missions Conference I was at this weekend, and, and he said this. He said, the problem with so many people and so many followers and believers and Christians, he said that we try to separate everything out in our life. He said, we try to take our finances and put them over here, and then we try to take our job and put it over here, and we put our family over here. And he said, we put you know, this portion of our life over here, our hobbies over here. He said, that, he said that the problem is, he said, he didn't say take up your crosses and follow me. He said, take up your cross. He said that when you take, when you're truly a follower of Christ, he said, everything that you are and everything, every aspect of your life is attached to the cross. He said that you take up the cross. He said, that's why when, when God calls and says, I need this from your life, it's on the cross already. He said, when I need you to sacrifice this, it's already on the cross. That's who I am. Take up your cross and follow me. It's who we are. 
It's simply who we are. He's calling us to sacrifice our talents, sacrifice our time to be obedient for what? His glory, his glory. May God call us to do these things. And may we be willing to spend our time, spend our effort, spend our talent, spend our finances for what? For the gospel, for the glory of God, for the glory of God. Leadership, advancement, commitment. I want to share with you, the rest of the church, a little bit of what I shared last night, and I'm almost done. First, in 1 Chronicles 29, David first, the great leader, gave generously and sacrificially. David gave for the temple, for the temple to be built. He gave six point, in today's dollars, he gave $6.6 billion dollars towards the temple to be built. $6.6 billion. As I told the team last night, I don't have that to give. I would if I could. David asked this, he said, now then, who will follow my example and give offerings to the Lord today? He was speaking to the leaders. He was speaking directly to his leaders. He was saying, okay, as the example, as your leader, I am telling you, I'm giving the best that I can give. Now then, what can you give unto the temple, unto God's plan? And then the leaders gave. It says that the leaders gave willingly. They gave a total of about in today's dollars, $11.1 billion dollars. In those days, I, I'm, I'm just beyond excited to tell you again that as I stood there last night and I said, I'm going to give, I made a promise to the leadership team. I said, Sister B and I, we're going to give, we're going to stretch ourselves, and we're going to give the best offering that we can give, and we're going to trust God to make that happen. A number that's a little scary because we're trusting God to make it happen. A number that's above and beyond our capabilities by ourselves, but we trust God. I said, we promise to give our very best into the campaign, and because of that, I'm so glad to tell you once again that they, they, they committed over the next 36 months $507,101.76. That is a massive commitment from 13 families of the church. I think we can give God praise for that one more time. $507,101.76 from 13 families. They're saying, God, I heard your voice. I trust you. God, here I am. Use me. God, do what you want to do through me, God. Whatever it costs me, Lord, I'm willing to be a vessel used by you. I trust you. I believe in you. I believe in the promise. That's what they were saying last night. They were saying, I believe. I believe this is going to happen. And then it says, after the people in Israel saw the sacrifice of King David and of their leaders. The entire nation rallied to give to the building of the temple. This is biblical. I'm not up here trying to to cheerlead and get you pumped up. No, I'm just sharing with you that this has happened before. 
and what we're doing is biblical. It is a biblical is a biblical map that we're following and saying, God, speak. I'll hear what you say, and I'm going to do it. Trust that you'll make it happen. And it says that the entire nation rallied to give to the building of the temple. And the temple was built with free will offerings, generous donations from God's people. And the total cost of the building was billions and billions of dollars. It was so much that David couldn't do it himself. David and the leaders couldn't do it by themselves. It took David, the leader, and it took the leaders to come into a covenant with the leader and say, we can do this. And then it took the rest of the nation, it took the people to say, if you can do it, then I can do it, and we can do this together. And because of that, they built the temple together. They said this price is beyond anything we can one man can do. But if we can work together, if we can give together, if we can listen together, God will make it happen. He'll make it happen. After David gave, he asked, he said, who will follow that example? Who's gonna follow the example of what I've done? I asked last night and they followed the example. And I thank you leaders for following the example that I set before you. I ask the rest of the church today, as this week, as we prepare ourselves this week, to understand that I can't build the building by myself, myself and the leaders can't build the building by ourselves, that it's this $507,101.76 is a massive number, but you understand that that just gets us started on the building, that's not gonna build the building. I wish it could, but it's not. But this right here is a huge step in the right direction for us to claim the promise. This gets us started. This gets us going. And this, you gotta understand that this number right here doesn't include what you're going to commit next week. Does not include that. This does not include what those outside of these four walls when they catch the vision of what's taking place and what God is doing, what they're going to do and what they're going to give to this church. I've already, I've already said, well, I've already had one pastor in this district who stopped me at a meeting and said, the Lord just spoke to me a number and my, my church will be writing a check to your church for the promise. God's doing it. God will work miracles and whatever that price is, to build that building. God says, if you do your part, I promise you, I'll take care of the rest. Last night, there was a tongue's interpretation at that meeting, and the Lord said this. He said, you will want for nothing simply because we're trusting him. He will take care of his church. He will take care of his church. In our Promise Vision campaign, the Lord will speak to you about your giving. I say that with confidence. This week, if you pray and you're fasting, God is going to speak to you very clearly, very clearly. He will speak to you about your giving and your commitment over the next 36 months. I know you will listen, and I believe that we will all be obedient to the voice of God when he speaks. And I tell you as your pastor, do not fear what you hear. When God speaks to you, do not fear 
what he says. When he speaks it, I know it might be a little scary, but don't let fear take over. Just say, God, I hear you. Here I am. Use me. Let me be a vessel that a miracle can come forth through. You, you, I, I, I'm going to agree with you, God, that it's going to happen. If the Lord calls you to great sacrifice, he is preparing you for great provision. I'll say that again. If the Lord calls you to great sacrifice, he is preparing you for great provision and great miracles. As we stand all over this place this morning, there may be resources that you have to give that maybe you have not considered yet. Maybe you haven't placed that on the table of discussion yet. But I want to ask you this morning, instead of putting these things on a table to be considered, I'm asking you to do what I myself will do over the next 36 months, and I make that commitment to you, that I will not place things on the table for consideration, but I will place everything on an altar. Because I understand it does not belong to me. Everything I have belongs to him. I would have nothing if it wasn't for him. Everything I have comes from him. So therefore, I'm not going to place it on a table and make a decision on my own, but I'm going to place it on an altar and say, God, here it is. Here's everything that I am, everything that I have. I think as Brother Mitchell told last night about those, or last week about those stories, he placed everything on the altar. And you say, Lord, whatever you choose to take and use, take and use because it's all yours anyways. And I trust you, Lord. I trust you with everything you've blessed me with. I trust you with that. I'm asking that we would make that monthly commitment based on stewardship of what you have next week. Make a sacrificial commitment based on what you will give up to give to the future of this church through promise. Make a commitment to liquidate maybe an asset for promise campaign. Make that one-time commitment to bring and to give on November 19th when we launch this giving season with the spirit of giving as I truly do believe that we can give at least a $50,000 offering on that day. I believe we can do that on November 19th. Make a faith commitment based on blessings that God has in store for you. There's going to be a commitment to, that you're going to make that it's going to be a commitment that this is going to take God. But I'm going to write a number down that God's spoken to me and I'm going to make room for a miracle and let God show himself in my life. As your pastor, I want to hear the voice of God. I want you to hear the voice of God. And I know you want to hear the voice of God. I don't want you to make this decision on your own. I don't, I don't want us saying, well, this is where I'm comfortable. But I just want to say, God, what is that number? And let him speak. As you pray, I want to assure you that while 
we want to hear and obey the voice of God, you can be confident that he also hears your voice. That when you pray this week and you say, God, I need to know because this is my church. This is my city. This is where I'm raising my kids. This is the region that you've given to us. We've been sent, Lord. We're missionaries to this place. God, I need to know what do you want from me? Truly, what do you want, God? I don't want to come up with something of my own, but I want to hear your voice. And when you position yourself this week, I promise you, you will hear one way or another, you will hear a voice from the Lord speak to you what he wants you to give. God hears your voice. When you pray, it just doesn't go somewhere and out. I've heard people say, I feel like I'm just hitting a wall. I'm praying, it's just bouncing right back down. That's not how it works. God hears your voice. And this week when he hears your voice, you're gonna hear his voice in return. You're gonna hear his voice. And to understand that God knows who you are. There are people in this room that you feel like, I, I don't know, I don't, I don't really matter, Pastor. Now I feel to share this right now. This is not in my notes. There are those in this room that you feel like I'm not gonna make a difference. I don't have a whole lot to give, Pastor. I don't have what some people have to give. I'm not gonna make a difference. I want you to understand something. It is not equal giving. It is equal sacrifice. You do matter. And what you're gonna sacrifice, God's gonna honor. God's gonna use it. John 10 and 3 says, The sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name. He knows your name. You understand, of all the stars in the sky, those that billions that we can't even see, you know that the scripture says that he calls them by name? Scripture tells us that. It's in Psalms 147 and 4. He calls the stars by name. He knows who you are. He knows where you're at. He knows how far you can stretch. He understands where you're at, but he also knows what miracle he has setting and waiting for you if you'll simply hear his voice and say, I trust you, God. I will stretch myself out, Lord. I'll make myself available, and I'm gonna lay everything on an altar because I wanna hear what you have to say. This morning, before we leave this place, I'm asking, will you open your heart to the voice of God? starting today before we even leave. Will you take a step out of faith and just take a step towards this altar this morning if you want to hear the voice of God this coming week in your life? Will you step out just to let him know, God, I'm coming this morning. I obviously don't physically have everything, God, but everything in my life I laid on this altar this morning. God, whatever you ask of me, Lord, I will hear and I will obey. I will do what you ask of me, Lord, because I want to live a life pleasing unto you, Lord. God, and I want to see your promise fulfilled because the promise fulfilled, God, is not just a building. It's so much more than a building. God, but it's about souls. 
God, it's about, it's about lost individuals, God, that haven't heard this gospel yet, that don't know that you died for them, Lord. God, that don't know that there's hope and there's peace, Lord, there's love. That's for them. God, that's what happens in the promise, Lord. For generations to come until you return, Lord, your word will go forth, Lord, in this city and in this region. God, today, today, let this be your prayer. Today, I lay it all down at an altar, God. I lay it all down, Lord. God, I remove, Lord, all the noises. God, all the noises that's out there, Lord. God, I want to hear your voice, God. God, this week, Lord, God, I'm going to dedicate myself again to you. This week, God, I'm going to push my flesh to the side, God, because I love long to hear your voice. God, this week, Lord, I'm going to shut off the voices, God, of the of the world around me, Lord. God, because I want to hear what it is that you have to say. Let the Spirit speak to me, Lord. God, I need to hear from you, Lord. God, as I cry out unto you, Lord, I pray that your voice, God, echo back to me, Lord. God, and let my heart be open to what you have to say this week. God, lead and guide me, Lord God, I pray. Speak into my life, Lord, speak into my home, speak into my family, Lord. God, speak into my finances, Lord. Speak, oh God. God, know the possessions that I have, Lord. God, for they all belong to you, Jesus. God, I lay them at an altar this morning. Come on, can you pray that prayer right now? Come on, you pray that prayer. God, I lay it at an altar and I trust in you. I trust in God. I trust in you, Lord. God, speak to me, God. Oh, speak to me, God. Oh, lead me, guide me, direct me, Lord. God, I long to hear from you, Lord. I must hear from you, Lord. I have to hear your voice, God. I have to hear your voice, God. Speak, oh Lord. Speak, God. Speak, oh Lord, I pray. Speak, God, to your people this week. Speak to your people, God. Lord, you've spoken to me, God. You've spoken to the leadership, Lord. God, I pray, speak, Lord, to the church this week. God, speak as we open up our hearts, as we open up our minds, God. Speak to us, oh God. Speak to us, Lord, for we trust in you. We trust in you. Oh, we trust in you, God. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. He's been loved.